Welcome to Brand New Nation with your hosts, Danny and Chris. Danny helps personal brands make thousands of dollars selling their online courses at Udemy. Chris is owner of ChrisDidIt.com and has created online homes for powerhouse women, including Grammy-winning artist Chrisette Michelle. Each week, Danny and Chris speak with YouTubers, bloggers, and entrepreneurs about how they're getting paid to pursue their passions and to help you create your personal roadmap to do what you love for a living and thrive. Are you ready to get brand new? Let's listen in on Danny and Chris now. Hey, Chris. Hey, Danny. How are you? Good. How about you? How was your weekend? I'm good, but I actually had kind of a lame weekend. You know, Made in America was in LA this weekend. And basically, yes. I had tickets, and then my friend lost them on our way oh, to the festival. So it was oh a total bummer, yes. But the silver lining is that a lot of festivals these days have a live stream. So, you know, I just spent the day, like, working, and I had the live stream going up on my iPad right next to me. Nice. And I was watching, and it's actually pretty good. And, you know, amazing quality, like, just, it was just awesome. So I felt like I had a front row seat, even though... I really kind of wanted to be there, but I know. Did mm-hmm. you at least wear the outfit that you were planning on wearing while you were live streaming? <laughs> no, no, I didn't take it that no, far. Too no, much. it wasn't that sad. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, how about you? How was your weekend? Uh, good, good. Yeah. Um, actually I came back from Trelectro and I had just an amazing nice. time in DC. Um, you know, I always brag about Trelectra. Like, these guys just do it so well. Yes. From the emails they send out leading up to the show, um, they do this thing called a thunderclap to kind of uh, synchronize announcing the, the lineup for the show mm-hmm. across Genius. Twitter, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And so at the actual show, it was a great time. I saw so many amazing DJs, like more, like so many talented DJs. Uh, and the surprise appearance was from Travis Scott. So oh, he nice. came out on the stage. Mm-hmm. Everyone went crazy. He was like jump, jumping all over the place. It was awesome. So yeah, yeah, it was really well done. Awesome, awesome. That sounds like a good time. Nice. So I am so excited for Brandon Nation to hear a call today with the hilarious Ari Fitz. Ari, oh my gosh, she is yes. so funny. <laughs> Ari is one of the cast members of the recent Real World, Real World Explosion. And this woman is awesome. She shares with us some pretty juicy stuff, including how she built her personal brand that got her cast in the real world, how she grew her YouTube channel to over 12,000 subscribers in four months, and how she gets paid $2,000 a month modeling. So she's awesome. Man. Yes. I love this woman. Yeah. And fun fact, Danny and Ari actually go way back. We do. Tell us about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've known this woman since college. Uh, we were both going to Berkeley together and we nice. got introed because uh, we were into the same things. And oh my gosh, now that I think about it, I've known her when I first met Ari, she was still dating men. That is oh, huge. wow. Like I, I just realized that. Like, wow. That's so funny. Yeah. Actually, Brandon Nation listeners, uh, in case you don't know, like we said, Ari is on the World World Explosion. And this particular series of the World World is when they bring in their exes. So uh, Ari is a lesbian and they brought in her girlfriend to live in the house with her. So that's why it's so funny that Danny knows her from back when she used to date men. Man, yes. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Um, I'll have to give her a hard time about that when I see her next. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I mean, I would say that 
We had an incredible time because uh, we had the opportunity to co-found a startup together. I actually came on board with her brainchild, Gen Juice, and we ended up doing mm-hmm. a nationwide tour for 40 days, 13 cities. Um, during that time, I have to say she really contributed to helping me build up um, just my, 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 a lot of personal development. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I can, I still attribute all of that to, to Ari, a lot of that from that summer. So really excited to get to talk to her at this day and age when she is still an amazing person on the inside and out and this force of a personal brand. Yes. Awesome. So should we get into the call? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Now playing our call with Ari Fitz from the Real World Explosion. All right. Hey, Ari, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? Good. We are so, so excited to uh, to have you on today and talk about your journey. Myself as well. It's been a while <laughs> since I've been able to chat with you, Dee. Okay. This is going to be fun. <laughs> awesome. So let's just start out by taking us back to the day or the moment where you got brand new. So, you know, tell us when something shifted and you kind of started your journey to where you are now. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Whew. Let me pull back from the depths of my of my professional <laughs> career here. Um, you know what's funny? I think I'd have to say that I've had three major brand new moments. Is that okay? Can oh. I do that? Can I do something? Yeah, we, we can do I think you're an overachiever as usual, so obviously you don't have to write that one. I'm a bit of an overachiever. Um, yeah, I'd say I've had three, um, and I think they've all kind of led to a single goal, which is really to tell this generation's story. I think I've always been a storyteller since since I was young, a young kid, a young chap, a young whippersnapper, and um, I think I don't know if it's whippersnapper anymore. That's, that's really weird that I really want to say no, that. definitely from yeah. the 1920s, yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's not even a dictionary, so it's okay for me to say what's a snapper. Anyway, <laughs> I've had three major moments, and they've all kind of led to really wanting to tell this generation's story. I remember the first ever kind of moment where I realized that I was an entrepreneur, and also, like, I decided to, like, really go out and create something. I started, um, worst name ever, it was L-E-C-C-G. And um, it was, you know, the LE Creative Consulting Group, which well, that was the name of it. And um, the whole idea behind it was to do style consulting and trend forecasting. And um, really, I just wanted to spend all of my days and all of my nights pouring over fashion trends um, that were popular amongst Gen Y, and then kind of offer those insights big companies. And so um, I, I ended up doing a lot of different projects that did not get even close to what I really wanted to do. But um, LECCG was really my first kind of like entrepreneurial, um, I guess, start. And, oh my gosh, how um, did I forget about LECCG? I remember I know, a young Ari in college <laughs> working on this. We would meet at the Cafe Strata, I think, the first time we met. Yeah, and you were telling me exactly. about LECCG. That is crazy. Yeah, I thought thought it was pretty funny to bring that up because you're one of the first people that I've met who knew about that. Like, no one really knows about (laughs) I completely (laughs) forgot about that. So you're in college working on this. That was amazing. Yeah, okay. Go on, go on. (laughs) So I was was in college working on that. Um, I remember I think I just turned 19, oh no, 18 when I started that. 
And um, that led to, and it was all, again, it was all around just trying to do trend forecasting and finding out what was popular and really what the stories of Gen Y were through fashion at that time. And then taking and packaging that and then selling that to big companies was what I wanted to do with LETCG, um, which later on let me to starting, which is, I guess, my next brand new moment, um, let me to starting Jinju's. Now, gin juice was, it went through a variety, a variety of iterations. It became so many different things. There are so many times I wake up in the morning and I'm like, what are we building? Like, what is this? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm sure else to that. Um, but yeah, like gin juice really, looking back on it, I think the, the goal with that was to build a blog network of Gen Y bloggers and entrepreneurs and, and really just aggregate the data, or not aggregate data, but really aggregate the, the blogs of people in our generation and deliver content for us. I mean, I think we were really on some, like, boo-boo shit. We were, like, really <laughs> 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 for us, No, you didn't. No, you did not bring boo into this conversation. If I get not sick, okay. after, I can bring in a boo <laughs> Like, that's no problem. And I kind of do want a boo sweatshirt. Side note. Someone side is note. rolling over in their grave right now. That's what's happening. <laughs> I mean, I just love that it was like on some fubu shit. Like I've never said that ever in my life. Anyways, um, it was really about building a blog network of Gen Y bloggers and entrepreneurs, and and curating that content to Gen Y bloggers and entrepreneurs. Um, and I really, I think, I, I think Inc. Magazine called it the next generation in TV. And even if I, I really didn't have any idea on what that meant when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. We are the next generation of TV. Um, but now, looking back on my brand-new moments, I really see that that's where my trajectory has always been leading to, is creating um, next-generation entertainment and, and really curating and telling the stories of my generation. And so um, I guess my last and my final, hopefully final, brand new moment uh, or whatever um, was my move to MTV and into entertainment. And um, that's when I found myself as a cast member on Real World um, and, you know, in this the, the most recent Real World explosion and um, kind of really becoming a personality on MTV as well as working professionally as a model and a filmmaker and um, also doing a lot more, you know, content creation on YouTube. So it's just like all of this kind of fits from before with my previous moment. It was all about kind of packaging other stories and, and telling other stories of my generation and curating those stories and consuming them. But I think what really made me what, – what, I think it's what's starting to really make me feel good and make me show – make me feel like I'm on the path and on the right – trajectory to being the person that I want to be is I'm finally telling my story. I'm finally wow. in front of the camera. I'm finally, you know, creating content and, and, and de- delivering content and developing content. And I think that that's, that was the one piece that was missing in all of those other brand new moments is I, I think I was in some ways almost afraid to put myself out there. And I think that the, the big thing with the work that I do now is, in order for you to really forecast trends of your generation, to tell the stories of your generation, to create content for your generation, you actually have to participate within your generation. And I think before that, I mean, do you know this? Like, I would be so busy 
working on stuff, but I wasn't paying attention to stuff. Like, I think one time, Danielle's like, hey, we're going to go to, like, you know, um, what was it? It was it was Fashion Week, and it was, like, uh, there was a Teen Fashion Week event. And that's something that I totally should have went to and been involved in, but I was too busy trying to package it. I was too busy trying to package and sell the stories of my generation instead of just telling them and instead of telling my story. Mm-hmm. And so I think now my last and my hopefully, again, final brand new moment is I am now committed to storytelling and putting myself out there and developing content that in many ways has me at the center of it. Wow. That's really great. And I mean, I think one thing that um, a lot of uh, the listeners don't know about, I'm going to take it back because obviously I was there with you for Gen Juice. And I mean, just to give you credit, like you gave people a platform to tell their stories. And I think like that, I mean, you've already left a huge legacy from that. I mean, so folks know, Gen Juice started with, like, some meetups in a Berkeley cafe. You know, it was, yes. like, every other <laughs> Sunday, Ari, like, brought her entrepreneurial friends together. Some were still in college. Some were recent grads. Some were, you know, yeah. focusing on larger than life goals. Well, all of us were. And brought us together. And we would get together and just talk about how we were going to actually build our personal brands online, like how we were all building our brands, which is so crazy. We've come full circle. Um, So you've actually been telling this same story and providing a platform for others to tell their stories, which is, like, amazing. Um, Yeah. So I just wanted to, like, throw that out there. Okay, cool. Well, I think something that Brandy Nation really wants to know, and I know that I am super interested in finding out, how did World actually happen? How did that whole thing come about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny because I did it as a joke. I wasn't oh my oh, gosh. actually getting on the show. Army. Yeah. No, I was like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if they really wanted me? And I'm still <laughs> laughing. I, I still find it hilarious. <laughs> I still find it really funny that <laughs> they wanted me on that show. So you um, actually would be chosen? Yeah. I mean, I... Here's one thing about me, and I think a lot of my friends know this now, is my filter, it just gets, it's it's just really, really bad. It's never really existed since birth, and I've tried to create a filter, and it just kind of leaves. It's like, yeah. So when I when I was going through the interview process, actually taking a step back, what happened was um, I, early this year, or actually early last year, it's almost a year now, um, early last year I signed with an agency and I started working professionally as a model. And that was awesome because, A, it freed up my time, so I got to do a lot of other things, and it also, like, put me in front of the camera and kind of forced me to be uncomfortable. And um, so I would get these kind of notices of different opportunities, different on-camera opportunities in the Bay Area, and I would see a lot of, like, really weird reality shows, like, hey, come eat, like, fish tacos for six hours and see what happens on camera. And I would never, I would always like ignore most of them. I've um, never the seen one, that reality show, by the way. I don't. You've never seen that show? It really, that it's called uh, Six Hour Tacos. That's what it's called. Oh my God. Real, it's a real <laughs> show. I thought you were, I was going to say, and you'll never will see that show because it sounds terrible. But no, I, know, I thought you made that shit up. I thought you made it up. Wow. Oh, see, and that's why I'm going into entertainment. Um, <laughs> The people will watch almost anything. I was like, for real, people will watch anything at all. Um, but, yeah, so I saw, I would always see these project notices, and um, one day I saw one for Real World, and everybody knows Real World. Like, it's the, 
archetype of reality shows. It's always been there. There's been so many things that have spawned from it, and it's really like it's part of American culture and American history. Yeah. And it's the one that started um, it all, really, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think before that, maybe Cops was the only other reality show. Oh my show. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my we God. never think of Cops <laughs> as a reality show, but yeah, you yeah. don't either. But that's it true. Is. I guess it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> now this is stuck in my head. Great. I know, right? Damn. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I saw that I saw the notice come through, and literally my mind was like, "Hey, it'd be really funny if I got on the show." And so I just all I did was I sent in um, a photo of myself, and like it, actually, I all I did was send in the photo, and then I got a response, and they said that they wanted to do like um, like a few interviews and stuff. And mm. so I kind of went back and forth to the interviews, and um, every time I would chat with him, I would just say some super out-of-pocket stuff, just because I <laughs> typically do. <laughs> and I remember one question they asked me, um, how do you know How do you know if a girl is gay? Um, and you guys are going to hate me. Maybe your, your listeners will hate this as well. <laughs> um, but my response was, if I'm attracted to her, then she's gay. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's it's something it's things like that that um. And you know what? I, I can guess. confirm that. I've seen you in action. I can definitely confirm that. That's true. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Ari Ari is very. That confident. was the world's best like advertisement for whatever I'm trying to do here. <laughs> um. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody needs like that that one high person. So I needed that. Anyway, I will be there. Anyway. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Your poor, poor listeners right now. Um, so, so after that, I um, we we went back and forth, and I, to be honest, I was actually on the fence. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do it. We're talking about personal branding here. Like, I wasn't sure if being on a reality show that isn't known for you know really building people's careers later or anything. It, it really is just kind of like being stupid on TV for 15 minutes and then going back to your life. So it's like I wasn't really sure how it could help me, but I've always been a strategist, and I knew that if I was going to do it, that I should really have um, kind of a game plan for before, during, and after. And so um, after kind of like putting that together, and like I, I, I couldn't, I didn't have access to like my phone or um, laptop or anything like that. And so I really, I just walked around with a notebook that reminded me of why I was there and what I was going to do afterwards. And um, it it helped. I mean, I think that after the show, I've had a, a variety of opportunities come up to me, things that I wouldn't even expect. Um, and these are things that are being offered to me specifically because of the person that I was on the show. And, mm. I, and I think the um, the story that I've really always wanted to tell, um, that I was always, like, I guess too shy or too nervous or too afraid to before, is, um, you know, I am... I am a person who is comfortable myself, even if it makes other people uncomfortable. And I, I think that that showed on the show through just almost everything, from the things that I wore to the, the things that I said to my girlfriend on camera to, you know, breaking up fights and all this stuff. Like, I was, I was just there to truly be Ari. And however people took that, it, it's like, it's like at that point, it's your problem. However you respond to me, it, it, it has to be your problem because all I'm doing is being myself. And I think that's what right. led me to really 
coming out on top of that show. Like I, there was, I, I got like all of maybe two hateful tweets and that's it compared to like my other castmates. Like people really stood behind my story and really kind of gravitated towards it. And that's why I have the Misfits now. That's why I have a, a fan base of really engaged, supportive fans who want to kind of ride with me and, and go yeah. with me I think it's interesting that you were, you said that you, you had this notebook with you because, you know, I think like every, kid who like grew up in the 80s or was born in the 80s wanted to be on the real world at some point in their life yeah. as soon as we saw I was like yeah and definitely including me so yes. I always have this idea of what kind of cast member I would be like on the real world I know I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I think I may I may already know this one but go ahead I want to hear it I okay okay it. <laughs> yeah and I exactly that's what I'm getting at is um I want to be the one that doesn't have the drama filled storyline and when I watched this season with you, I saw that that was sort of what you managed to do. You were the grounded, level-headed one, and I don't feel like you had a ton of drama around you. You were the one, you know, kind of the voice of reason. So was that yeah. something that you intentionally set out to do when you were cast? No. <laughs> no. Just nope. Not at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but actually, I think it wasn't, it wasn't so much – I wasn't trying to be the the drama free, like super chill person. I, I mm-hmm. think I was more I was I was more interested in just kind of like what's the best way to put this? Um not lose my shit, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the best way to put put it. Uh being in that house you kind of you it's it's an alternate universe. And I think people, whether you like it or not, it's hard not to kind of put on something for the camera, you know? Like, you're, you're constantly being, you're constantly being documented, and people are constantly watching the things that you do and trying to, like, take it and manipulate it to tell a story. And I think by me not losing my shit, I was just trying to not be the stereotypical black woman who's and seen this storyline over and over and over again. You've seen, like, the, the crazy, angry black girl. Like, I just did mm-hmm. not want to be that. And I think, I, like, my... I just also wanted to be the person that was just, like, me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, like I, I, I tried my best. I think it actually worked out to not really fall into those... I guess those tropes. Um, I, I, I think that there are a lot of my other castmates, unfortunately, a lot of them did. You know, you have, like, the blonde bimbo, you have the, like, pretty boy, you have the, like, punk mm-hmm. rock chick, you have all that stuff. And I think, mm-hmm. anyway, that was kind of, like, the unicorn. I was kind of, like, that weird, like, I don't understand her. Like, mm-hmm. hey, is she a boy, is she a girl? Like, there's a lot of, like, about <laughs> the person that I was and the person mm-hmm. I am. And I think that that was all a part of, a part of my story. You know, like, I'm yeah. sorry that my existence makes you uncomfortable but I'm still going to stand and I'm still going to be here and I'm still going to do great work and you're still going to enjoy it and watch it, you know? And I think that that's like part of why the the relationships I've made after the show and the, the, the fan base that I built after the show is the way that it is because yeah. I, I just desperately did not want to, I, I, just, I just wanted to be Ari as much as possible. And I think, it looks like I slept with the producer because I came out perfectly. <laughs> I, I watched my dad on TV, and that is me. Like, that is me through and through from the, the weird, like, shit jokes to, like, oh, God. There was a lot of potty humor on the show. I didn't realize that until after. 
hearing you saying like you didn't want to be the stereotypical, you know, angry black woman. I remember when uh, I saw, I think it was that first episode, right? When it was it Ashley who threw the grease oh. on you? Yeah. Ooh. And I was like, oh shit, they got her. There's no way she's Ooh. not going to be <laughs> irate. She's about to go after. down. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I wish that you bring that up again. That's all. Oh god, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drama. But yeah, when you and then you know you see you speaking to her the next day after she's you know she's calmed down, she's not drunk anymore, belligerent. You're like, this is not okay. And I was like, wow. Uh, is that like the first time yeah. in real world history that somebody's ever had an adult conversation after a conversation like that? Like honestly. And I was like, okay, this girl, she knows what she's doing. I mean, yeah, so kudos Thank to you. you. Great job. Thank you. Great Thank job. you so much. Yes. Yeah, I'll tell you that Nuke helped me, and being able to call my friends and family helped me. Um, also, like, being, being in my city, like, being, being in the Bay made me feel a lot more comfortable than I think everybody else. Um, but mm. I will tell you, that was, like, that was, like, the second night, too. It was the second night. I was like, man. Um, and I, like when that happened, I like I was drunk too. Everybody was drunk, and um, she she actually had just been like crazy. She had just been acting really crazy. And prior to that, she had basically harassed everyone. Um, mm. and, like the final person like on her like shit list was me, I guess. And mm-hmm. um, I like it just I just thought about that. I was just like, look, there's a lot of different reactions that everybody expects right now. Um, yeah. And it's easy to do all of those things. It would be so easy to just do that. You know, just say, just grab her head and force it somewhere. I could have done that. I could have. I really could have. I didn't because I had work to do. I was there for a purpose. And I want, like, there were certain things that I wanted out of going and doing the show. And I wasn't sure if I could continue to do those things if I were to respond negatively, you know? Um, yeah. a couple of that was like, I'm always in front of the camera. I was still working. I, I was, I was signed with my agency by then, and I was, I was often doing modeling gigs all the time. So, like, for the show to air and then my agent to see me, like, going bad on some girl on TV, you can imagine all the clients that I will no longer have. So, right. I was like, look, I gotta work. I gotta make money, and I, I'm not here to act a fool and never work again. Wow. And you mentioned, like, you were out modeling, things like that. I mean, is there anything that was going on while you were in the house that they didn't show that perhaps you wanted them to show? Um, So maybe related to your work or or your mission or anything like that? Yes, there is so much that wasn't shown um, on the show. And I think it's also because it's like, at the end of the day, MTV has an audience they need to cater to. And I, like... My story, in many ways, was, like, a little too complex for, you know, 13, 14-year-olds who are watching MTV now, or watching The Real World now. Um, which, by the way, I really do wish sometimes that, like, I was on, like, old-school Real World, because I feel like, like, the earlier, earlier shows uh, were just so epic and, like, revolutionary yeah. stuff. Yes. God, it's like, you really think of, like, the first ever San Francisco, and then you watch our San Francisco, and you're like, man... It was awesome, you know, it was cool that MTV did some interesting things, but I would have loved to really just, like, see young 20-somethings who are hustlers who are trying to, like, figure out who they are, but still, like, not letting that stop them. Like, there's something so powerful about that story. Absolutely. Oh, whatever. Yes. 
I um the things that weren't shown, I I was all I, I was hardly ever shown. Um, and when I was shown, it was it was because I wanted them to. <laughs> so I really did want them to show the, the trans conversation that we had, and I really did want them to show me making my um, second film. But I was hardly ever in the house because I was either at a gig or I was, you know, working on my second film um, out at, you know, rehearsals and all that stuff. Um, or I was just kind of, like, doing shit. <laughs> I think there was, a, there was one time that... Um, I think you were, you were there. You were there. Um, we had uh, like a meeting. I do I do these things called yes. where I get together. Yeah, yeah. So we do heroes, and it's where I bring together young twenty somethings who are go getters, kind of like early Jinju's days. Um, we get together over coffee and we just talk about stuff. And so on the show, actually, I, I think we brought together like twenty different, like really, really awesome, motivated, like all across the board, interested in all these different kinds of things, um, 20-something, we all got together, and um, we just we just talked about, like, where we were going, and it was awesome, and it was, like, you know, powerful and motivational and all this stuff, and I was like, there's no way at all they're showing that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no man. way they're going to show that at all. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean... It's about knowing the audience, and I get that. And, I mean, that's a, that's a key part of branding, right? You should know who you're catering to. And, I mean, MTV did their job for me because it got it put me in front of some people that wanted to see that. Um, and now it's just, you know, whether it's YouTube or other means, it's my job to now tell those stories. Right. Yeah. Wow, okay. So you were saying, you know, people may think you slept with a producer because you definitely came out on top <laughs> and and I think that's definitely apparent. But so so knowing that you did come up on top, you know, over all the other cast members, how has that changed your life since the show has aired? Yeah. Yeah. Um since the show it's it's actually been really, really awesome. I've um I've I've had a lot of both on camera Probably a lot more like on camera opportunities. Um, and I, like, okay, let me just take a step back. I went on the show and I, you know, I, I had this game plan of written in my notebook of what I wanted to do while I was on the show and what I wanted to do afterwards. And um, I, part of that game plan was to really kick off my filmmaking career and kick off and, and really, you know, reap the benefits of being a model on camera, on TV, and, you know, getting signed and all that stuff. Um, but really, my goal was to really start working more as a director and a producer. Um, and the cool that the cool things that have happened from that is people are watching my stuff. <laughs> people are actually watching the short films that I put together. Um, we released my uh, the film that I shot in while I was living in the house open call. We released that digitally, and um, it we were so lucky to even screen that at Pixar and like it's it's like little things like that like being able to say after 18 months of deciding that I wanted to become a filmmaker a director and 18 months in being able to screen my film at Pixar like so many wow so many indie filmmakers try to like do things like that and it's just like I stumbled into that opportunity and I, I have to say part of that is because of the show Part of that is because I I was put on a platform for people to pay attention, and I ran with that. I ran with the attention that I was getting. And so I've gotten 
tons of views on the anniversary, both on Vimeo and on YouTube. Um, I've gotten tons of views on my second film, Open Call. And in here in the Bay Area, people are actually starting to, like, watch my work um, and actually, you know, think about me and actually bring opportunities to me. And um, that level of – it would take a lot of years of networking to get the kind of opportunities that are just falling into my inbox. So um, definitely on the director's side, things have been really good. Um, or being on the behind-the-camera stuff, things have been really good. On the on-camera stuff and, like, modeling and even kind of moving into acting, that stuff's been even better. The moment I left that – the moment I left the house, I was broke. I was so <laughs> broke. Oh, my God. I mean, you can try living in a house where basically you're paying for everything on your own, and um, you also have to take care of all of your bills, et cetera, at the other place that you're living. We only had 24 mm. hours to really pack and then move into the house. So there's no time to really bring in a subletter or whatever. You're paying for all of your expenses while you're living in the house. So everybody mm. went broke. And, um I left the house and I come back home and I just hustled. Like I, I was being booked consistently because there were so many opportunities like I had to turn down on the modeling side because certain clients didn't want a either a fifty eight themselves in real world or b um, they didn't want you know cameras there while you know I'm doing a runway show or whatever. Um, so all of those clients that I had to put on hold, I got to you know restart my contracts with, and so that was really good. And ever since then, it's just been really good, um, both on the, the filmmaking and the modeling side. So, yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. Hey, Brand New Nation. As you know, Chris and I are all about helping you get brand new. And one of the ways I stay on top of myself to make sure I'm always getting better and learning new things is audible.com. At audible.com, you get a monthly subscription, and every month you get a credit that you can use to redeem for any audiobook in the library. So far, I've listened to Fascinate by Sally Hogshead, which is really good. You should definitely give it a listen. Part of Getting Things Done, The Game, The Way of the Superior Man, The Desire Map. Uh, it goes on and on. I'm currently listening to uh, one by Zig Ziglar. So I've definitely upped my reading game on audible.com, and I suggest you check it out too. So head over to brandnewnation.com forward slash audible, and that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E, and get your free trial today. And now it's time for the Moolah Scoop. Here at Brand Nation, we want to change the conversation around money and really empower our guests to be honest and transparent about how much money you're making or not making, you know, doing what you love to kind of give a clear picture for our listeners. So um, as far as, you know, now uh, and, and what, what you're working on, how much, if you could share with us, are you earning with your various sources, whether it's, you know, through film, modeling, hosting, all of those things? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I guess in terms of dollar amount, um, on the modeling side, I bring in about two to three k a month, and then uh, I'm starting to do more like hosting, uh, like so you know I'm a personality, and people like to bring personalities to their clubs and <laughs> sit there and drink with them, and I'm totally okay with that. So, <laughs> that um, sounds like the best job ever. 
It's actually really awesome. I can't, like, I can't lie. It's actually really, really awesome to go to a club that I would normally pay to get in and have them pay me to show up and then drink their liquor. I can't. I was like, I'm not making this up. That's the life. <laughs> Please. And so um, typically, like, uh, being booked for different things, getting booked for a lot of prides and stuff, and um, those range from about, like, 750 for the night to um, up to, like, 1200 And so... Um, Damn, that is awesome. Yeah, wow. yeah. Some are a lot cheaper, but um, I've been really lucky to... Uh, it's, it's helpful when you have a bit of a niche. Um, and I, I don't know, girls who like girls, for some reason, like me, too. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. So what what are your obligations with appearances? Is it like you have to do... I don't know, like carpet. You have to be on the mic for a certain amount of time. You have to be over here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, some, some are um, in the contract. Some are a little bit more, like, um, they'll be, like, really specific. And, like, on these hours, you need to be on the mic and say, like, certain things. Uh, oh, my God, I remember the first time I bossed that. Like, I totally said the, D- I said the, wrong, I said the wrong DJ's name, and I was so annoyed. <laughs> Oh, oh my man. God! Oh God! Oh, it was like, and I felt so cool too. When you're holding that mic, you feel like you are nothing shorter than Yeezy himself, embodied in your whatever you're wearing. Like I was like so powerful, and I was feeling myself. I had a drink, and I just fucked up the DJ's name, and I was like, "Great, see if I get booked." <laughs> contract they'll um they'll ask you to do it a few times and so I had an opportunity to make up for it. Um and I did so royally. <laughs> but um yeah, I think there are a few some people are pretty lax. Some people are like, yo, we just want you to come out and people to see you and people want typically want to take photos with you, be open to that and that's it. Um so yeah. And then uh, as far as the modeling goes, what what kinds of is it you know, print, runway, uh, you know, for for um, clothing lines, like what kinds of modeling things are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So I, my rate right now, I get two cases of a day if I do, like, any kind of commercial or all-day print stuff. And so, um, I, like, the, the first, when I first started, I was booking a lot more, like, happy-go-lucky, smile, have a natural afro kind of thing, and we'll pay you a nice amount of money to be there for the day. Um, and that, and then I started to move more over to kind of like more fashion stuff and runway stuff. Um, and so runway doesn't pay nearly as much, um, and you work a lot harder. So mm-hmm. I, I like to do more of the commercial and print stuff. Um, and then starting now to do a lot more like athletic things, which are, which is really good, um, because that, that pays even more, which is, which is awesome. So, yeah, oh, I mean, it's like to fully answer that, I do everything. Like, at this point, I'm doing everything. I'll do runway, I'll do fashion, I'll do catalog, I'll do print, I'll do commercial. And I'm also, like, signed now officially, as of a couple days ago, I'm signed now on the talent side of my agency. So I'm now starting to move more into, like, film and acting. And um, I haven't been booked for anything large yet, but there's a really, really awesome opportunity sitting in my inbox that I'm reading for. So we'll see how much that pays. Oh, um, can I hear about that one? Nice. And then what about your films, you know? Like, obviously, uh, yeah, it's not it's not super clear, I guess, um, how much people are making with their films, if they're making anything, or at point they, at what point they will make something. So what what about your films? 
Yeah, and um, so I haven't cracked the code. It's like I I haven't cracked the code to making money out of narrative film work at all. Like uh, most of the the projects that I've worked on, I brought the teams on, um, and I it's it's basically a passion project. Um, so there really isn't any money that's being made. I'm not even I can't even like pay my crew. I just feed them for their their time and their equipment. Um, and so, in many ways, actually, to be totally transparent, I am putting a lot of the narrative film stuff that I do on the back burner to focus on creating more of an income with um, other video stuff. And that's with YouTube, basically. Um, and so, with YouTube, I yeah, I recently started, so about four months ago, I started, like, actually doing videos more consistently and um i i'm really just trying to understand the beast that is youtube it is again another alternate universe that i'm moving into and i've been really really lucky to take advantage of my i guess fake celebrity status um to make people pay attention to my videos but there's still like a lot more work to do to understanding both the ad revenue as well as um kind of cracking the code to getting paid sponsors, or even product placement there. Um, so I wish I had, like, more numbers on the YouTube side of things, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's super smart that you're focusing on YouTube. Um, and I think we talked about this, but for those of you listening, uh, you can always go to socialblade.com, which uh, is socialblade.com, and you can actually check uh, – they have estimates of how much certain YouTube stars are earning in ad revenue every month. You can just do a search for someone's channel, and they'll they'll give you stats on how many new subscribers they're getting every week, and then how much they're making in ad revenue. Um, so I look at that, you know, quite often because um, I work with you know instructors uh, at Udemy who are big on YouTube to kind of get a feel for what they're doing there. And I think it's great. I mean, you can you can do really well on YouTube, um, not just with ad revenue, but of course later when you have products to sell, you know, using it as another channel to send people from your YouTube channel to whatever product you're selling. So I'm like, yeah, I'm really excited about that channel in particular and watching you like continue to grow there. Absolutely. I'm nodding as you're saying that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think <laughs> it's really, no, I was like smiling and nodding and I was like, people will probably think I look weird by just doing that. But, um, I think YouTube has been really, really awesome. And it's, um, for the things that I want to do again, back to like kind of my last brand new moment and really telling our generation's story and using my story to do so. I think YouTube has given me an awesome, awesome outlet to connect with my fans and um, monetize from that. So I, I'm in many ways just kind of like adding to that. I think YouTube's a great, great platform. I wish I would have found it a lot earlier, even before the real world. Yeah. So you have, you're exploring the YouTube space. You have this amazing script in your inbox that we're going to stay tuned for. Anything else coming up with that for Ari Fit? Yeah, no, and I, I, I love, I love being super cryptic about projects that I'm working on. I'm like, yeah, this thing that's sitting in my inbox right now or whatever. <laughs> I love I doing that. Sure. Um, but um, definitely, so a lot of my time and effort is being put into seeing what YouTube and I can do together. Okay, I'm hopping in the bed with YouTube right now, and I think um, <laughs> I think she likes it. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, the, I am so dirty. I apologize to all of you <laughs> right now. I am disgusting. 
I am Gabrone, which means you should go to my YouTube channel and check it out because um yeah. exactly. Anyway. I was gonna say you know <laughs> we're we're gonna love yes. watching you being in bed with YouTube because we're already loving it. We're, you know that that kiss video is doing so well. So deep sleeping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, listeners, if you guys want to learn how to kiss, uh, there's a great video on my channel. It's ours, but make sure you check it out. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so all the links will be in the show notes. So yes, we'll have the link to the kiss video to figure out how YouTube stars are, are earning income, all that good stuff. Perfect, perfect. Okay, perfect. Um, so yeah, I am doing a lot more on YouTube. Um, and the, one of the things that kind of really got me excited by the, and actually this is, the one thing in my notebook when I was in the house was that I wanted to tour. Um, I wanted to go on tour, and I didn't know what the tour was going to involve at that, at that moment. I just literally had in block letters written in my notebook, T-O-U-R. Um, and so that nice. was in my notebook the whole time I was in, on the show. And um, part of that is because during my Gingy stays, Danielle will know this, um, <laughs> And um, the Gingy's tour was one of the best marketing vehicles I've ever, ever experienced. Um, it really created a community of people who were passionate about whatever we were doing. Even if we didn't know what we were doing, they were passionate about it. Um, it really created an, an awesome kind of like fanatical group of people, um, a, a community. And it uh, created a lot of um, revenue opportunities as well for bringing on paid partners, for bringing on sponsors, and all that kind of stuff. So I knew I wanted to go on tour, and it only hit me recently that to do this tour and have it founded on or have it grounded in YouTube um, would be the best, I guess, the best move. And so. This this summer, late summer, I'll be touring the country, and um, really the the whole the whole purpose of this is to grow with my fans, um, interact with my misfits, get to know my misfits in person and on camera, and um, I, I think the the big thing there is from that just building a community around my YouTube channel um, and seeing what to do after that. So yeah, this summer I'll be touring. And it will all be on the YouTube channel. <laughs> ah, I love that. Um, man, I, the Genji's tour is definitely at the very top of my list in terms of like the things I'm most thankful for for doing, experiencing. Um, gosh, it, exactly what yeah. you said. Like the fact that you can like meet people in person. I mean, some of my best friends today, I met them on the Genji's tour, or I met them, oh, you know, gosh. because we were tweeting about it back and forth or whatever. Um, so yeah. super excited about that. I think, yeah, touring is the way to go in terms of building your personal brand and then connecting with your tribe. Uh, yeah, man, love really? it, love it, love it. I mean, so, I mean, just to like add one more thing to the, the tour, when it comes to, you know, the whole moolah conversation, um, I think touring is an awesome opportunity for you to connect with potential partners who may want to run ads on your content, who may want to support, um, support whatever you're trying to do. So I think touring gives a really fun, engaging opportunity for people to come on and, and support you financially. Um, and, and I think a lot of people kind of forget that is because I see a lot of YouTube stars who just kind of like drive up and meet up with other YouTube channels to create more views. But that you could bring in a paid partner for that. And I'm sure by even like, you know, wearing a T-shirt or whatever, they'd love to pay for it. 
So I, I definitely want to make sure that I want to add that to touring. It's not just a great marketing vehicle. It's also an awesome opportunity to connect with potential paid partners. Nice. My gosh. Well, Ari, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today. I mean, it's clear that your distinct personal brand gave you the edge when getting casted for MTV's Real World Explosion. So, I mean, would you mind sticking around and chatting with us about the steps you've taken to develop your personal brand? No problem. I'd love to. We too. Yay. Cool. Thank you guys so much for listening to part one with Ari Fitz. You can download part two of this episode now over at brandonation.com. Thank you for joining Danny and Chris for the Brand New Nation podcast. If today's episode helped you get brand new, then please take a moment and leave a review and share this with a friend. It's okay, we'll wait. And you'll find all of today's show notes and other goodies over at brandnewnation.com.